0: You have to walk down the path in life prepared for the worst evil to leap out and attack you at any moment. And you have to walk down the path in life prepared for the greatest joy to leap out and embrace you at any moment. And you have to walk down the path in life prepared for absolutely nothing to happen at any moment. And you have to walk down the path in life prepared for all of this to happen at any moment. So you don't presume the next moment, but be available to the moment.
1: That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised broadcasting from the west coast of the golden state the nation's most straightforward recovery talk show that sober guy podcast helping to keep your brain sharp and your blood clean and now shane raymer
2: thank you for tuning in today i'm super excited to bring on our next guest for this week his name is noah benshia noah's bio is Is too rich to not explain and talk about a little bit. And I'm just going to go ahead and read right through it. Noah Ben Shia is one of North America's most respected and popular poet philosophers. He's also a scholar, theologian, long range thinker, executive advisor, speaker, and international best selling author who was, by the age of 23, an assistant dean of students at UCLA. And then by 30, a consulting fellow to a number of esteemed think tanks, including the center of humanities at USC and the center for the study of democratic institutions in Santa Barbara, an international public speaker for 35 years. He has lectured at literally hundreds of universities, including MIT, Harvard Duke. Now Noah is also an international best-selling author of 23 books translated into 18 languages with global sales of over two million copies, his books continue a tradition begun with the Jacob the Baker series, which has been embraced around the world as timeless fables in countries as diverse as China, Mexico, Spain, Italy, Brazil, Germany, Holland, Japan, Norway, Thailand, Israel. So the bio does go on, but I could be here for probably you know six more months going through all of Noah's work, and we talk a little bit about that. I really had a great time getting schooled by Noah. Um, this man is a wealth of knowledge, and I'm I'm totally feeling 100% confident in saying this is probably one of the best episodes that That Sober Guy podcast has put out. Um, like I said, a lot of good different nuggets, a lot of good pieces. Really sit back and try to embrace this one. Um, you can really learn a lot and apply it to everyday life Yes, the foundation of it is addiction, alcoholism, recovery. But really, uh, this this conversation really just gets into the depths of life and how to deal with life and how things can go on around us and we can get wrapped up in those things and really not live out our lives to the full potential that we were created to be. So I would really, you know, even another thing, take some notes. Um, I went back when I was editing this episode. And I took a lot of notes during that process because there was so much good information, um, you know, during the conversation, and I didn't want to miss it. And I can't wait to go back again. And uh, once I put this part of it all together and listen to listen to it as a whole, so I, I would really recommend that take some notes down. Embrace this one. Uh, Noah was kind enough to come on and and share his knowledge, which which he's really shared with. Um, You know, All around the world with Fortune 500 companies, they paid this guy a lot of money to go out and do this stuff. And he came on on the show um, just as a good man, just to spread the word, just to give it to you guys and uh, help be an ally in recovery and be someone that you can look to. So we're going to get to that conversation with Noah in just a moment. First, a word from our sponsor, Sober Nation. Sober Nation is the largest online recovery community and treatment resource center. They provide treatment resources to those struggling with addiction, as well as to family members who were caught in the crossfire. On top of that, Sober Nation is a huge community of good people who share their experience with each other. They have informative content, recovery, and addiction news, as well as an entire clothing line which helps expand the culture of recovery. They can be found at www.sobernation.com. Once again, that's SoberNation.com. Check this out. If you go to SoberNation.com, they got some rad apparel on there, some shirts, hats, all kinds of different gear on there. Check that out. If you order something, there's a promo code box, and you can type in Shane and save 20%. So when you when you hit your checkout screen, hit that promo code, type in Shane, S-H-A-N-E, and save 20% on all Sober Nation clothing apparel. Check it out. I'd like to give a special thanks to Foundations Recovery Network and their awesome team for inviting me down to Innovations in Recovery San Diego conference next month at the Hotel Del Coronado. Going to be an awesome event. Tons of professionals and just good people there. Uh, Foundations Recovery Network sponsors these events. I, I believe there's a couple different ones throughout the year. Um, You can find more information out about it and their upcoming events and any resources that you might want to look into at foundationsrecoverynetwork.com. So once again, thank you guys for having me come out next month. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time. Go to the Facebook page, Facebook slash That Sober Guy. Also, check out Sober Guy, Sober Girl Facebook private group. We started a private group. It's growing like crazy Every day, we're getting a couple more people joining in. It's great for accountability. Go on there, search it. I think I put a link on the page as well, on That Sober Guy page. On Facebook, so you can find that link on there. Put an ad request in, and I will approve it. Or Darcy Raymer, my wonderful mother who helps me manage that a little bit, will also approve it and say hello. Check out a live meeting Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific time. That's live, That Sober Guy online meetings, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Go to thatsoberguy.com, click on the live meetings tab, and register for free. Lots of cool people from around the country, around the world joining in. Real quick, I haven't done this enough, and I want to read a review on iTunes. It really helps us to rank the show. If you could do that, that would be so rad, so fresh. I would greatly appreciate it. This one comes from Sherry Lynn R.N., It says, love Shane and the cool way he relates information about addiction and recovery. Always a good show, and I don't ever want it to end. Whether you're the addict, alcoholic, or a friend or family member dealing with the devastation of substance abuse, this podcast does a great job of educating and giving hope to those struggling one day at a time. Sherry Lynn, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate the kind words, and uh, it's that kind of feedback that really helps us to keep going. So thank you. If you get a minute, please leave us a review on iTunes. Last but not least, if you'd like to donate to the show, all donations go right back into the operation to help bring you the best recovery content. Now let's get to this episode with Noah. I mean it when I say it. Really embrace this one. Really take it in. I'm probably going to go back and listen to it at least five or 10 times just so I can get all of the substance and content that's involved in it. Really some good stuff. I I just want to thank Noah for coming on and doing this for us. Um, check him out to noahbenshia.com, foundationsrecoverynetwork.com, and of course, check out sobernation.com. All of your recovery resources at your fingertips. Here's Noah Benshia. Folks, today we're talking with Noah Benshia Uh, How are you today? And uh, thank you for joining the show.
0: Um, I'm glad to be here. And uh, my mission statement at the end of the day is to be a source of strength to others. So I'm hoping that in this conversation, uh, I might be an ally uh, to a lot of folks out there.
2: Thank you, sir. And we're going to get in today with you about your 10 tips to tough times. That's kind of going to be the foundation of our uh, episode today. But before we get into that, Noah, can you talk a little bit about some of your journey in life and some of the things that you've learned and uh, been through along the way?
0: Well, it's uh, you know, it's been it's uh, every every story has its own story, uh, and let me share this one as uh, what I think is the uh, is a window on on. Uh, On on what really matters and uh, where people get caught and how they might uh, celebrate their own release in some way. Um, A number of years back, I was invited to be a a senior fellow at a very famous uh, long-range think tank. And I was uh, very excited about being there and my colleagues were a number of years older than myself. And uh, I, I couldn't wait to hear what the great minds would say about all the great topics. What I soon became aware of is that Great minds weren 't limited by their intellect; uh, they were caught in their hubris in their uh, in their anxieties in their uh, insecurities and I began a lifelong work of trying to see where people got caught, why we got caught, how we got uncaught, if you would and Um, that's really been the work in my life. I'm from a a blue-collar family and doing well academically was my rocket ship out. I was the first person in my family that graduated from high school, let alone uh, university, uh, and I taught at a number of universities. Uh, But at the end of the day, uh, I remember one time uh, being in a San Francisco hotel room right between Christmas and New Year's, and they were playing the best of the shows on PBS. And they had Peter Drucker, the great business guru on. And he had been a consultant to the chairman of GE and a consultant to the chairman of General Motors. And they asked him, what was the first question you always asked them? And he said, I always asked them, do you know what business you're in? And for me, I it was like I was um a student of a of a great Buddhist monk being whacked with a bamboo stain. (laughs) And I said, Okay, I've been a professor, I've written a lot of books, I've spoken to the Library of Congress, I've met presidents. But really what my work what is your work, Noah? And my work is to be a source of strength to others. That's what I understand about myself. Uh I understand I feel best about myself when I'm doing that work, and it's one of the reasons I'm glad to to be here today. I, 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 a number of years back, I was uh, speaking to some young people at this camp and at night they, I went into their cabins and I said, um, listen, I want you to know there isn't a bear in the woods who never thought that he would get caught. But in life, all of us at some point find ourselves with our foot in a trap. And Just remember that big, that big old bear that getting caught in life uh, can happen to all of us. And recovery um, is, are any of us who know that we're recovering from who we were to who we might yet be? So I I know that the the basis of this conversation is about sobriety and recovery and trying to be an ally to people. And I just want to remind everybody that we're all in recovery. We're all recovering from who we were. To who we might yet be. Uh, that honors everyone in this conversation.
2: Yeah, great, great point, Noah. And I think um, I think part of that, too, at least for me, is being able to, to find that ability in me to step outside of myself as who I was into stepping into who I am today. Um, all all the
0: past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, my line on that is, uh, don't let the past kidnap your future. Yeah, that's great. Don't let the past, and all personal, uh, folks, all personal transformation requires self-witnessing. And Aristotle said that honesty is the, is the portal to all wisdom. And Aristotle, by all regards, was a pretty smart guy. But if honesty is the portal to all wisdom, humility is the portal to all honesty, so being able to admit when we are less than we might hope yet to be gives us access to honesty, and honesty gives us access to wisdom. So wow. it's it's important to be able to step out and... Be an honest witness on yourself. Uh, you know, I always think these guys, when they're on trial, said, do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I think each of us have to stand up and take witness to ourselves and say, do we promise to tell ourselves? Ourselves, right? Because yeah, yeah. It's, that's ground zero. Uh, ourselves, because we can't be honest with others until we're honest with ourselves. And all personal deceit will eventually become social deceit. And uh, everybody dealing with addiction understands that because suffering from addiction means that at some point you had to be hidden to be covering what you were doing. And consequently, people suffering from addiction are very, very, very good liars because they've had to be practiced in that process. And what we know is that you've got to be an honest witness to yourself uh, because you uh, if you until you can be honest with yourself, you're not going to be able to be honest with anyone else
2: so so in that honesty, in that finding my true self, um, you had spoke a little bit about humility and there's there's that battle between pride and humility. Can you elaborate on that a little bit?
0: Well, it's not by chance that, you know, it's uh, a, a hubris is pride uh, is considered the first of the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very tricky business, this pride stuff. Uh, I'll give you an example of a story that I love of, about a guy at a church who was voted the most humble person in that community. And as a result of winning the most humble person in that community, they gave him a medal. And the following Sunday, he went to church and he wore his medal and they took it away from him. <laughs> So I think, you know, it's a, it's a very, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a very <laughs> slippery uh, because uh, the other side of this, of course, is uh, too humble is half proud. Too humble is half proud. So I, I, I just think it's, um, you know, I, I was speaking at, uh, I, you know, for about the last 10 years, I've been the national philosopher for Foundations Recovery Network. You might look at their site, by the way, yes. Foundation Recovery Network. Foundations Recovery.
2: So, real, real uh, quick, if you go okay. to if you go to our site too on that sober guy, we have a link to Foundations on there under the Resources tab. Yeah, um, take a
0: look at FoundationsRecoveryNetwork.com dot com or HeroesInRecovery.com. dot uh, com. They have a uh, webinar. They have a Innovations in Recovery program in San Diego, April fourth through seventh. Network dot com or HeroesInRecovery.com. dot com good folks. I've worked with them a long time. And I was speaking at one of their facilities out there at Michael's house out in Palm Springs a while back. And there was a young girl and she stood up and she was just, she just, she just, she, she was aching. And she said, I have so disappointed my parents. I have so disappointed my parents. And I looked at her and I took her in my arms and I said, you're not here to meet anyone else's expectations. You are here to meet your own expectations." You know, there's that that's that that sense of um, of pride isn't like a pride in someone else's giving you the applause. It's your it's all courage. All heroism really takes place on a private stage right it's your own it's your own heroism it's the It's the woman who at eleven o'clock in the morning doesn't reach into the closet and pull out the vodka bottle. It's the guy who's on a business trip at eleven o'clock at night that doesn't accept the invitation from somebody when he knows his wife sitting at home. It's the kid at four o'clock in the afternoon that doesn't accept the invitation from some bullies about doing something because he they want him to prove to them how important you know how tough he is. So these these are we, we always have to understand what a private stage real heroism is. It isn't courage is running up a, a you know a, a hill under gunfire, but courage is also daring to be your best self and having sure. and, not worrying, and not waiting for the applause. Not waiting for the applause. You know uh, that, that's that, that's that's what we're we're talking about. It's it's a life is a very very a private business. We're all alone but we 're all alone together, so when you understand your own isolation, when you understand your own uh, individuality and um, uh, sense of uh, you know, of just being by your uh, you know there's a line I wrote once that God is never so with us as when we feel alone. Huh. I just oh, yes. think that if you if you know that aloneness, then you can be empathetic. Then you can sense the aloneness that somebody else feels, and then you are in the brotherhood and sisterhood of everyone who understands what it means to be a human being, which is that state of isolation. But that state of isolation that we share with everyone else.
2: Like I said before, Noah, um, the scope of your work is extensive. Uh, Twenty three books translated into eighteen languages. Um, just some, some phenomenal work that you've done. One of the pieces that we're going to get into today is titled 10 tips for tough times. And I actually have this posted up, uh, on the, that sober guy.com site. And you can also find it at noabenshia.com as well. Um, all right, no. Uh,
0: let me, uh, let me uh, what I'll do is uh, go through these uh, 10 tips for tough times. I'm glad people know you have it posted up, or they can come to noahbenshia.com also and take a look. Um, number one, being broke is not the same as being broken. Losing money is not the same as being lost. And finding your balance is not something you can do on a balance sheet. Being broke is not the same as being broken. Look, here's the story, folks. Uh, in in this society, a lot of times we equate uh, what we have with who we are. Um, we confuse, you know, the, the you know the number of zeros in our balance sheet with not amounting to nothing. So I, I I think it's it's really important to start to realize that it's you know at the end of the day it's your character that counts, who you are, and don't and don't. You know, that, that's, that's the final uh, check across time that any of us sure. right. A lot of people, you know, um, you know, don't, you know if, you, if you think that money only counts, don't count on it, right? That's, you know, sure, it's just, sure. just doesn't, it just doesn't work. Out. And just not to evaluate, because a lot of people think they lose their job, but they, and then they, then they lose their sense of self-worth. Let me remind people, things don't have to be good for us to be great right? Things don't have to be good for us to be great. There are people who think back on the depression in the middle of the 20th century and how people counted on each other and guys in the foxhole looked to each other. And those were awful circumstances. And yet those were often the same most transformative experiences in people's lives because they had brotherhood and sisterhood and kinship and caring and connection with each other. That's the deal. That's, that's the bottom line.
2: That's that spirit, that spirit of life. Right, so that that, like you said, the money being broke, that doesn't define us at yeah. all.
0: No, if it does, you've got your, uh, you know, you've, yeah. you've got you've got the wrong math at work. Yeah.
2: All right. Number two, don't confuse having less with being less, having more with being more, or what you have with who you are. Noah, that's great.
0: Really, really big. Great is if people took this to heart yeah. because. <laughs> um let me, let me, let me, let me share something with you that's, uh, that sort of plays into this and it's something sure. else that I'd written, but I, I think it plays into this. The number one illness in the world is depression. The number one reason for depression is stress. The number one stress is people trying, or when people try to be in control of things that are out of their control, you're not in charge of what the world delivers to your door. You are in charge of your response. Respond, don't react. We're not in charge of what happens to us a lot of times. you wait, I wake up in the morning, I stand in the shower, I say, how, how am I doing? Well, so far I haven't lied to anybody, I haven't cheated anybody, <laughs> I haven't been dishonest in any way. I'm okay, Yeah. Right? I wake up and I see what's going on in the world. I'm not in charge of that. I'm in charge of how I respond to it, not react, because reaction is a sucker punch. That's just, you talk about fighters, you know, if you're just reacting, you're, you're going to get hit. But if you're responding, it's a studied, what's the best thing to do in this situation, not just letting your emotions run the gambit. Oh, so I God. just you know, these are uh, so uh, not confusing having less with being less, or having more with being more, or what you have with who you are. You're not in charge of that sometimes, right? Circumstances change, things evolve.
2: I love that too. That you just pointed something out because I I just learned something right there. I t- I've talked about that with in in many conversations about be, not being able to control outer circumstances. We can only control the way we react to them. I've always said that, but you just pointed that out. It's not a reaction. Um, it's a response. It's a response. And that's, that, yeah, I've never thought about it like that. I'll give, I'll
0: give you a great example of that, Shane, how it plays out. If it was a reaction, think of a pool table okay. where, the, where the cue ball hits a ball, which hits another ball, which sinks a ball. All those balls operate out of a reaction syndrome and get sunk without having any decision making. Got it. If you just operate in a reaction syndrome, you're like one of those pool balls. You're going to find yourself sunk without having any idea how the hell that happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they say that the great baseball players for example when the pitcher is throwing a ball at 95 miles an hour the great ball players see it coming a little more slowly than the rest right. of us mm-hmm. my son is a world champion uh martial artist and what he knows it's a different experience for fighters who have been in 800 fights than the guy that jumps out of a car when a drunk comes screaming at him yeah right oh, yeah you're, you're in a different state of mind. So each of us have that opportunity to really just stop for a second and try to react to to respond instead of being caught. We confuse yeah. how we feel with who we are. Huh. Got, right. Got so if you get, if you do that, if you confuse how you feel with who you are, as soon as someone says, you, your ego runs out to say, "I'm." Uh, yeah. I'm uh, It's always responsive. and It's always in that kind of reaction syndrome, you know, that when you feel attacked, you attack. We'll just, we'll just, I'll give you a great example. When somebody sometimes gets angry with you, which is all, they're just in their cot, in their life, in their own. Here's an alternative to say, you know, I, you know, they're waiting for you to get angry back. I say, you know, listen, here's what I think. I think that anger is yours. And if I took your anger, I'd be taking something that isn't mine. And that would be dishonest. So I won't be taking your anger because it's not mine. People look at you; they don't know what the hell to do with that yeah. when they when they hear it. But it's not getting caught in the reaction syndrome.
2: Let's uh, let's move on to number three, Noah. And I, and I I like this one a lot. Slow down. What you're chasing may be trying to catch you.
0: You know, uh, the faster we go in life, the sooner it's a blur. There's, the, there's a long line, a great line says, uh, to live long, live slowly. Uh, the Japanese say, when you're in a hurry, go slowly. Uh, a lot of us think that going faster is a sign of success in life, but uh, going, just simply going faster uh, puts you, uh, life is, is more often a blur. And a lot of times in life, um, putting our foot in the brake can get us to a place faster than we might have thought just by putting our foot on the gas. Yeah. And a lot of times, and here's the, here's what I would take on this, Shane. For a lot of a lot of times, what we stop doing is the most important thing that we can do. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, what we stop doing can be the most important thing we do.
2: I think that's why that that one resonates with me so much because um, you know I have two young kids, I have a wife you know the responsibilities of life right trying to be a good man trying to get everything done trying to um, trying to just just do it the right way right do my best and in that comes that fast paced chaotic go 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 and it can really jack me up sometimes and i i literally have to like step back i should probably do it uh, today when we're done and say slow down for not not just you know i'm not just alluding to this conversation i'm just saying in the weeks that have been coming it's been quite busy a lot of things going on. Yeah, I need to stop and and do exactly what we're talking about right now, and just slow down a minute, take a breath, step back, look at everything, and and really be grateful for all of it, and then and, and just kind of take take a take a minute with myself.
0: You know, I just I just share this with you because it's sort of it's a it's tangential but related to this. Mm-hmm. It was my my father died of ALS of Lou Gehrig's disease. Toward the end of his life, it was an awful, awful time for him. And I would be with him, and I would spend time next to his bed, and then I would leave to go home to see my kids.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And I had to remind myself that when I came home to see my kids, I didn't need to be in the head that I was when I was with my father. I had to honor the moment with my father by being there in that moment with my father, with all the anguish, with all the despair. And then when I was there in that moment with my kids, I needed to be there in that moment as fully as I could possibly be. And I wasn't diminishing the other moments by being in this moment.
2: Sure, sure. Gosh, thank you for sharing that. that um, that's huge right there. That's huge. And, it, and I, I'm sure that it's not an easy thing to do. Either, but I guess when you're conscious of it, um, I mean, how was it for you? How was it for you to actually, actually do that? It's
0: it's it requires it requires focus. Let sure. me give you a, a let me give you a, a a great story about that might help any of us understand this. Okay. The Taoist monks, the Buddhist monks. Taoism is a school of Buddhism. The monks would say that you have to walk down the path in life prepared for the worst evil to leap out and attack you at any moment. Hmm. And you have to walk down the path in life prepared for the greatest joy to leap out and embrace you at any moment. And you have to walk down the path in life prepared for absolutely nothing to happen at any moment. (laughs) And you have to walk down the path in life prepared for all of this to happen at any moment. So you don't presume the next moment, but be available to the moment.
2: Got it. So we're aware, we're aware of this, of anything can happen basically um, at the same time.
0: Right. But without without presuming it, don't presume, don't presume, don't presume the bad and bring it into your life. Don't presume the joy that it's going to stay in your life. So to to simplify it,
2: would would that be living in the present, living in the moment?
0: Yes. Kind of. Okay. Except when you say it that way, the present seems like such a continuum that people can't connect with it because sure. we see our life as moments. So you know, uh, time is just a notion that we use so we can measure events. So they and, and it only moves forward. So they just just try to be in that moment, in this moment, and try to mm-hmm. be fully in the moment. I know it's uh, that's why I, I tell a story. It's not it's not so. Uh, when you said it, it really does require, it really does require focus. The answer is yes. To be a conscious, to be a conscious transforming alive person does require work. The challenge is to make that work a labor of love.
2: And, but how, so how do I, how do I transfer though that, um, of, of staying conscious in that, right. And, and, um. That thought is in my mind. Okay, I I just came from this this environment where I was feeling this way. Maybe I was a very emotional, distressed, sad. Now I know that I'm going into this other moment. It's with my kids. Let's say in your in in your um, situation, right? And I need to be happy. I need to be dad. I need to be positive. They they're I'm their role model. I'm their hero. How do I how do I transfer that emotion? And I don't even know how to ask this question. How how is the connection there? Um, between letting that emotion go, and then staying staying conscious of of the the actual act of um, of being there and doing that, does that make sense? Maybe it's a better it, it, way.
0: It, it, it does. It just it's you know. It's so yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it, it's this is this is not, this is um, this is not an easy journey,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Anybody tell life is an it it, it but uh, but. I think one, for example, in that particular instance, and I, there's nothing wrong with coming from the time with your with my father in that circumstance to being with my kids and saying to my kids, I'm so happy to be with you. I was with my dad and I was so sad in that moment. And I'm so happy to be here with you. Help me be happy in this moment with you. Cause when you're honest with people about what you're struggling with, then it brings out the honesty in them. Sure. When sure. we're honesty, it's when we're honest with other people, it's like disrobing and showing we have no weapons. Right? It's allowing us to be vulnerable. When you share your vulnerability, you invite people to open to their vulnerability, and then you don't have to meet each other in aggression. Sure. It changes the whole game. And people who don't get it, don't get it. There are people who confuse kindness with weakness. Be cautious of being in the company of people who confuse kindness with weakness.
2: Well, I'm sure there's an element there too. And then we'll, we'll move on to number four after this. But I'm sure there's an element in that too of when you are able to transfer that emotion. Um, I feel like there's got to be some guilt there at first, you know, of noticing, just, wait a I second, just, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I was just with my dad. My, my dad's not doing well right now. How am I supposed to be all happy and go lucky and appreciative? And I, I mean, that's got to be tough too.
0: I'll give you you a meditation that might serve for any of us. Sure. Pretend you're uh, standing at the beach. It's a beautiful day. You're standing there. Your shoes are off. You're standing there. The water is coming in. The water comes in, runs over you, and retreats. comes in, runs over you, and retreats. Moments are like waves. They come in and they leave. Passions are like seasons. Seasons change. The Buddha says that all suffering comes from attachment. So if you were trying to, when the water comes in, oh, I won't let this water go, you're going to spend your life struggling with your hands and grip tightening to do it. You You can't hold the moment. Moments come and retreat. They're like waves that come in and go, let it go. Be in the, don't be confused with what's happening as something that you are in charge of keeping happening. You're not in charge. There's a hand larger than yours on the helm, which will bring us to number four in a second. Yeah. At number two. But you're not, you're not in charge. These things, so when, you, when you're sad, be sad. When you're happy, be happy. Know when you're happy that you will be sad, and when you're sad, you will be happy. This too shall pass. One of the most pervasive lines in the Bible. This too shall pass. This world is a very narrow bridge but you shall not be afraid says a great theologian in the middle of the 17th uh, 18th century so if you if you know that then you know that you, you you weren't you weren't you don't remember being afraid before you were born do you you don't you have no idea what's you have the anticipations of heaven or however it is or where your destiny afterwards but that's just a supposition so you you can't be in a, you don't have to live in a state of fear but you know this moment is just tenuously this moment Sure. So be in it, be as fully, holy, as good as you can be in this moment. And that's all you can do.
2: Thank you for laying that out. That's huge. That's huge. Like you said, that, that does bring us into number four. And uh, I'm, I really can't wait to hear you elaborate on this one because I can't say that I fully understand it. It says, uh, prayer is a path where there is none.
0: Sometimes in life. Sometimes too often in life, we don't know how we're going to deal with the next step on our path. And uh that's a good chance that's a good that's a good time to pray. Hmm. Because prayer to 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 enter into prayer is to be humble. Because prayer says, that there is something greater than me, some force, some unity, some, however you choose to see a theological, cosmic individuality, anthropomorphic or spirit, uh, however you come to it, that there's something greater than yourself. And as soon as you realize that there is something greater than yourself, then you can be enhanced. Mm. Then you be, that as uh, I'll give you an example. The only way you can take a breath is to release a breath. So you have to give up your own self-importance to be enhanced by something even greater than yourself. And that's how you find the next step and the next step and the next step. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's the first step. That's why it's the first step and the 12th step. Sure, right? That, sure. I, that there, you, you, you give up your notion of self-control, of control, because if you, with control is hubris. You're not in charge of the universe. You're not in charge of what the world delivers to your door. You are in charge of your response. Respond, don't react. To understand that, to begin to know that, is the first step of prayer. Prayer is the, that we can learn everything we want about prayer. Everything we can study, all the texts and all the religions. But the portal to all prayer is humility. So that's why I say prayer is a path where there is none. When you don't know where you're going to go or how you're going to get there,
2: can you say that Stop one more that. time? One more time. Prayer is the portal to all humility. Is that what you said?
0: I'm saying that humility is the portal to all prayer. Yeah, I love that. Humility is the portal to all prayer. If you, if you, ex, if you come to that, um, knowing that, um, knowing those times when I have disappointed myself, makes me a better man. Sure. I'll give you, I'll give you um, a take on this in another way. You, you're, you, you've you fallen in love. Okay. And you think you want to be with this person, but you're afraid maybe out of some circumstance in your past or oftentimes your own self or things you've seen in movies or, how, or your own diminished sense of self, you're afraid that this person won't be honest to you. They won't be faithful to you. So you're afraid to commit to them because of what they'll do in their own dishonesty and how it will break your heart. Mm. The response? Well, if they do, you'll be sad. And you've been sad before. But you won't be sad about who you are because it won't be you that did the dishonest thing. It won't be you that was unfaithful. You may be sad, but you will not be sad at who you are. Hmm. Take that's there there is the place to find if you will where it's not false
2: pride. Yeah, sorry I'm chewing on that for a minute. That's uh
0: it's a very yeah. tough notion because it's because it keeps so many of us from relationships or other play you know that we we, that we're afraid of because how we will be how we we will be rejected or turned down brokenhearted sure but as long as you're not brokenhearted about who you are you're okay with you because your first relationship is with you Hmm. and until you can be self-loving you cannot be other loving
2: let's uh let's jump into number five noah put your faith and not your fears in charge
0: Okay, let me give you a story, okay? Sure. This is a, no, and my books, uh, my Jacob the Baker books have a lot of these, and I just finished a new one, Jacob's Children, but they connect with this. Imagine that your life is a wagon, and this wagon is filled with everything that is you, you own, everything that represents you. This is a wagon. Your wagon, it's got your big name printed on the side of the wagon. To pull this wagon, you are given 10 horses, But since we all have many more horses of fear than faith, let us say you have nine horses of fear and only one horse of faith to pull your wagon. If you put any of the horses of fear at the front of the wagon, it's not going anywhere. The horse of fear is saying, it's your mother's voice saying, I told you you can never do it. It's your father's voice saying, I told you always be a failure. It's the boss who fired you, you're a jerk. It's the woman who rejected you. It's all of your insecurities at the head of the wagon. It's going nowhere. But if you put the one horse of faith at the front of the wagon, the horses of fear will follow. Your fears will be fuel for your faith if you put your faith and not your fears in charge. Wow. An army of sheep led by a lion, will defeat an army of lions led by a sheep. Put your faith, not your fears, in charge.
2: Number six, God only gave you two arms. If you're busy hugging the past, you can't embrace the future. Don't let the past kidnap your future. And I just want to say something really quick on this because I was just talking to my wife and I. We had a conversation just recently about living in the past and how it's so easy to be stuck on those things in the past and we never progress. We never continue into the people that God intended us to be those changes, those positive things. Um, what's your take on that, Noah?
0: Well, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, one, uh, being, uh, stuck in the past is the worst, uh, one of the worst addictions you can have. Sure. Right. You're addicted to the past. You can't drive into the, I'll give you another uh, shorthand. You can't drive into the future looking in a rearview mirror.
2: Yeah, love that one.
0: All right, I just take take that as uh, uh, I, when I after this uh, when. Uh, one of these lines was a book of my, I wrote called The Journey to Greatness and How to Get There. And uh, Public Television did a national Noah Ben Shia special based on The Journey to Greatness. And I was going around to different PBS stations in the country where they have the, you know, they have the pledge break where the author comes on and they yeah. tell you, if you give this much money, you get this book. And this. And I'm in upstate New York with my producer and we're going from play. And I get an email from a woman and I'm sitting at, uh, standing outside of a coffee shop. And I'm sitting down in one of those little cement standards in the parking lot where you pull your car up to. Mm -hmm. And this woman writes me. She says, I know that God has sent you into my life because I'm in a hospital and I just had a double mastectomy. And I saw you on television and you said, don't let the past kidnap your future. And I said to myself, oh, my gosh, I was prepared to be so caught in the sorrow of what I had experienced that I wouldn't allow myself the possibility of what my life might yet bring to me. And I, wanted, and I sat in that parking lot and cried and cried because there's a line in one of my books, Jacob was a reed and the breath of God blew through him, made music of him. I was here to write that line for this woman uh, and for anybody else who's listening here and, um, and to remember it myself in my own life and to remember it myself in my own life. Don't let the past kidnap your future. God only gave you two arms. If you're busy hugging the past, you can't embrace the future. A lot of us think, I'll give you another aside on this one, Shane, for a second. A lot of us think that beating ourselves up is an act of character, right? It's not. Do not confuse self-abuse with self-accountability. Self-abuse just makes you feel like less and less and less. And so because you think you are less, you will be less. Tell a child they are a fool for long enough and you will be a prophet. Do not be self-abusive. Be self-accountable. Beating yourself up is not an act of character. Do not engage in the past of abusing yourself because it will lead you on. That's how child abuse, spousal abuse goes intergenerational. Because people think that beating yourself up is an active character. They beat themselves up. They have diminished sense of self. And then they people who have diminished sense of self treat other people with the same disregard.
2: Yeah, no, I can't tell you how many years growing up as a kid and even into my adulthood that um, I was only able to focus on the negative things that I had done or was doing. And, 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 and constantly it could be the littlest thing from not being able to tighten the bolt on the correct way or having it not work out the way that I wanted that I would beat myself up into oblivion and just like, it, it was the worst ever. And it wasn't because it, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't think very highly of myself and that, that happened over a long period of time. And it started out when I was a kid.
0: A lot of times what's the, the real sadness in this is that the people I call these, uh, these are going away presents. We get them from our parents in ways we don't know. And it's not because they're bad. It's because they got them as going away presents. But you got to break the circle. Yeah. to Break the circle. It's not by chance that addiction passes generation to generation to generation until someone has the courage to break. I, we'll be saying things here today, and I can assure you that people, some people will be listening, and, and they will not be prepared to do this for themselves. But if you say to them, if you do not do this for yourself, you will pass it to your children. This will be your going away present to your children unless you are involved in this healing. And if you don't have the courage to have this healing, then you cannot expect to be anything but appropriator of disease to the people who come after you.
2: Sure, and I- You, will
0: I, pass, you pass the same illness that you will not deal with.
2: Well, I want to attest to that right now to those listening who, like you said, may not, may not act on that. Maybe they don't think they can do it. I'm here to tell you right now, you can do it because I, up until today- that's all I can do is stay up until today. I've been able to change that for my kids. I have two young kids. They've never seen their dad using drugs or drunk or, or, um, they've definitely seen me have a bad day. Don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, um, I have been able to break that cycle right now. And if I can do it, you can do it.
0: That's, the, that's, that's how we pass it on. It, sure. It's not, it's, 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 it's not easy for anyone, but it's doable. Yeah. By anyone, but the, the idea is to try to allow folks the tools to understand how they can break. Remember the first part of this conversation: How do people get out of the traps where they get caught? Yeah. Why do they get caught in that traps? That's my work. That's what I'm trying to share here.
2: I love, uh, I love number seven, Noah. Um, you know, many of us we've been through some tough, tough things in our lives. And uh, number seven: This too shall pass. Change is the only constant. In order to take a breath. You must release your breath.
0: Don't get, uh, yeah, you know, if you get attached to uh, uh, another, if you get attached to being twenty, let me assure you, thirty is another <laughs> ride. And if you get attached to being 30, 40 is another ride. And just yeah. when you thought forty was is like, what the hell is going on? Welcome <laughs> to fifty. Oh. You know, stay tuned, folks. The the old radio shows used to always be stay tuned, and I always remind folks, stay tuned. Change is the only constant. My son told me that he thought that I had taken that line from Bruce Lee. I said, why don't you? Uh, it's in two of my books, and let's see what Bruce Lee has in his book. Yeah. Change is the only constant. Uh, I, I, I think uh, that's, that's a great, great reminder. Again, it comes back to the Buddha's reminder that attachment is the source of all suffering. If you could attach to this moment being this moment, and this, mo- it, it, this moment is, and that's the reason to enjoy it. Sure. right. The most, if you put the most incredible meal on your plate, the most incredible meal on your plate that you can imagine, Enjoy it in this moment because if you leave it, in four days it will be putrid, mm. Mm. right? This meal is only in this moment. So in, really, um, I want to hear a great story. This is a story I tell oftentimes when I'm giving a talk about, uh, about a woman who knows she's going to die, calls in her minister and says... What dress she wants to be buried in? What song music she wants played? And he's leaving. He says, "Okay, okay, okay." And she says, "Oh, uh, one more thing." And he says, "Yes, what is?" And she says, "I want to have a fork in my right hand." And he looks at her strange. She thinks that a little strange that a woman would want to have a fork in her hand in the coffin. He says, "Yes." And she says, "Well, let me explain." And all my years of attending church socials and PTA meetings, when we had the dinners, when they were picking up the plates. If someone leaned over and whispered into my ear, hold on to your fork, then I knew something good was coming like chocolate cake or (laughs) seven foot or a big piece of apple pie. So when when people see me in that coffin with a fork in the hand, I want you to tell them that I said, ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your forks. The best
2: is yet to come. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Change. That's awesome. Number eight, do what you can but never forget that letting go is very different from giving up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They used to ask the uh, Zen masters how they could ride horses without holding on. And they said, ride the horse in the direction it's going. You know, uh, a lot of us think that, uh, uh, tenacity, uh, Having a solid grip, holding tight uh, is the secret to life. But the grains of sand in life will run between your fingers if you hold your hand tight. If you have your hand closed, they have no place for blessings to land. Uh, you know, there's just, you have, you have to allow, you, have, you cannot be confused that letting go is giving up. There's a, there's, a, there's a strength to tenacity and there is a strength to letting go. They once asked, Kazan uh, in the book Zorba the Greek asked, he asked the classic question if you were in a burning house and there was a very famous painting or there was a bird in a cage, which would you save? And the answer was, I would save the bird and let it go. Mm-hmm. And let it go. Huh. You know, yeah. you don't, you don't, if you, if you, you, you don't hold, you don't keep someone in your life. Because you hold them so tight. The first lesson in parenting is embracing your children and supporting them. And just when you get really good at doing that, the second lesson in life is letting them go. Opening your arms, letting them out to live their life. Do not confuse letting go with giving up. Letting your children go is not giving up on being a parent.
2: Number Nine, break the rules that are breaking you. tough times don't require you to be tough on yourself. Find the courage to suffer happiness Love that. uh
0: yeah, a lot of us don't uh allow ourselves the right to suffer happiness yeah we're so we're <laughs> so against one of those deals where we think that um if you're smiling, you must have, something must be wrong
2: yeah you know yeah. that
0: it's that it's that hidden it, but i I think that uh. Look, there's 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 every reason to find sadness in life, and there's every reason to find joy in life. And um, there's a line in one of my books: "It is the silence between the notes that makes the music." You know, just it's gonna be it's gonna be this interplay in your life, and be and being sad or happy isn't the real joy in life. The real joy in life is the experience of living, the depth sure. you can find when. Um, life was not any less rich for me when I experienced the profound sadness of saying goodbye to my father. Yeah. It was sad, but life was no less rich for me for allowing myself to have the depth of that feeling or the depth of the joy when my daughter was born, you know, and you just, uh, find the courage to suffer happiness. It's okay. Folks, a lot of us were raised to think that uh, if you're, if you're happy, you must be up to something.
2: Yeah.
0: But I'll give you but I mean, here's a take from the addiction standpoint. Um, a lot of people start uh, drinking or doing drugs uh, because uh, uh, to make, to get happy uh, down the road, it doesn't look like they're that happy. Yeah. Right. So, and so the lesson is that sometimes something that makes you happy uh, can make you sad and something that, uh, it feels like sadness can be a source of, of happiness to you. We can all, we can all feel sadness when we lose someone we love, and then we can find some profound sense of grace when we realize that they may be in a state of
2: peace. Sure. Let's uh, let's move on to number 10. Noah, this is last, but definitely not least in this wealth of knowledge that you have just provided. Uh, number 10, remember, remember, remember. Things don't have to be good for you to be great. It's such. Uh, I'll give you a, a
0: story that I was told once. It was during World War II, and the Nazis, some Nazi soldiers, were kicking an old Jew who was on the ground, kicking him repeatedly. And the Nazi was taunting the old Jew, saying, "You think you are the chosen people?" You think you are great. I'm kicking you. What makes you think you're so great? And the man's voice came back. As long as I am not the person doing the kicking. How do we choose to conduct ourselves is, you know, things don't have to be good for us to be great. There are some amazing people who are operating under tremendous pressure. Who are doing something every day to be a good person, and there are people who are blessed with every reward, who do not have a moment in the day when they think about anyone other than themselves. Mm. Do not things do not have to be good for us to be great? Sometimes, uh, when we're again, this is ten tips for tough times when we're under a difficult circumstance. How you choose to conduct yourself is the measure of you in that circumstance. Uh, that's, yeah. uh, you know, and, and for, for people suffering from addiction, those are, that's, a, that's, a, those are, that's a tough moment and a moment that is like tough every day. But how to choose, you conduct yourself in that toughness speaks to it. For example, as you were saying a few moments ago, having been in recovery, you're always in recovery. Sure. For you, every day, the issue of not drinking or not having or not, addiction issues whatever, and whatever you know, manifestation they had, it isn't that that's easy for you, but your triumph is in how you conduct yourself day in, day out, 24-7, 365. Yeah. Right? And here's something to think about. <laughs> when, you're, when you're in a car and you have the GPS going and you, and, and you make a wrong turn, the car doesn't then direct you to drive over a cliff and kill yourself. It says recalculating, recalculating. If That's you're on a great. diet and you like off one day and eat a piece of cake, you're then not, you know, you don't have to then turn around and eat a, a, a cake every day for the next 10 days to be angry with yourself. You have to recalculate,
2: Yeah,
0: recalculating, recalculating, go around the block and turn the right way. So it's like, things don't have to be good for us to be great. When we fail, we fail ourselves. It's not be an honest witness to it. If you're an honest witness to it, you can transform. If you can't be an honest witness to yourself, transformation is not in in the, in the, in the deck for you.
2: I possess wanting to make the right decision, but I still do the wrong thing. And that's just something that lives in me that I, that I have to, I guess, um, I guess admit to and try to understand that although I'm going to try to do my best, I'm still going to make bad decisions. I'm still going to make bad choices sometimes, but that doesn't mean that I can't learn from those and move ahead and still be a great person. Absolutely. And 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 if you
0: will, you're greater for the struggle in that engagement. Sure. Sure. You're greater for that struggle. When you're trying to lift weights, the more weight you're trying to lift, that's how you get stronger. It isn't. It is, you don't gain there from success. You get there from failure. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, failure is our is our great teacher in life. I shared with you before that when I when I am an honest witness to things that I have every reason to be humble about. I'm a better man for that. Sure.
2: So Noah, I think what we'll do here is for the listeners out there, um, send us a question. Send send it to sobriety at If you have a question for Noah, you have a thought for Noah. You have something you'd like to ask him. You have access to a wealth of knowledge right here and a wealth of experience and, uh, send us that. And then what we'll do is maybe we'll have Noah back on the show and we'll answer some of those questions. Would you be up for that, Noah?
0: Absolutely. Uh, I, am uh, I, I. Uh, that's my work. That's what I'm here to do, and I sure. and I'd honor that. I'd also invite you, please, uh, to take a look at Noah noahbenshea dot com n o a h uh, b e n s h e a dot com. There's things on my site. Nothing. So um, there's nothing for sale. So there's no sale item. This is about uh, ideas and connecting, and I'd welcome your uh, your 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 visit. We we all share a humanity that enriches us when we realize that we share that humanity and I would like to offer this thought that may everyone who's listening to this, may you go from strength to strength and be a source of strength to others peace and blessings Noah.
1: This has been another episode of That Sober Guy Podcast. For more information, visit www.thatsoberguy.com. Contact Shane at sobriety at thatsoberguy.com. And leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.